0: Come on, what's happening Red Rocks Church? How you feeling? You feeling good? Somebody in a living room say, I'm feeling good today. Somebody in a chat room say, feeling good today. Put a whole bunch of exclamation points after it. Feeling good. Oh church, I'm so glad that we have the opportunity today to come together as friends and family from literally thousands of locations all around the world. Normally at this point, I come out and say hi to nine locations. And these days I get to say hi to thousands of locations. And so to every single one of you, no matter where you're tuning in from, man, we love you so much. We're crazy about you. What's up men and women at all three God Behind Bars locations. Oh, we love you so much. I can't wait to see you again. I can't wait to hug you in person. We believe in you today. Welcome to church. If you're visiting with us for the first time, Um, One of the amazing things about this time in our lives, this this day and age where the only way we actually go to church right now for most of us is through technology. What I love about it is there's a whole bunch of us, and this is how I was in my young 20s. You couldn't have paid me enough money to go to an actual church, but invite me to something that I can sit in my sweatpants in my living room and I don't have to see anybody else. I might consider that. And what I love is there's a whole bunch of you that are tuning in right now. You're doing church with us. And maybe under normal circumstances, you might be a little more hesitant or we might not get the opportunity to do church with you. So to those of you who are joining us, I want you to know two things right up top. And this is so important to me. I want you to know this. You are wanted and you are welcomed. We're so glad you're here. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you believe, no matter what's happened at home because of this quarantine and how rough things have been. I know that's real for a lot of people, no matter what mind games you might be dealing with right now about how you're just not worthy and God wouldn't want. And I don't know if I want, no matter what your doubts are, no matter what your fears are, no matter what your past is. Listen, you're part of the church family today. And I want you to know that you are welcomed and you are wanted. And we're so glad you're here. We prayed that you would join us today. And I believe God's got a plan and a purpose for you. So thank you for being with us and church family. There's a whole bunch of you watching that you would say, this is my church family. I want you to know that we have never been more on mission than we are right now as a church family. God kind of rocked me this week. I was I was throwing myself a pity party. You know, we do that from time to time. And I was kind of complaining to God, like I wish you would just end this and I wish we could get our buildings back so that we could get back on mission. And I felt like God dropped a question in my mind. What's the mission statement of Red Rocks Church? Now, those of you who this is your family, I want you to complete this statement for me if you know it. Red Rocks Church family, we exist to make heaven more Crowded. Now, I know I'm not in your living room, but I can sense that there was not enough passion and not enough excitement behind your response. In fact, what I can sense is, is that there were people in the living room that didn't even say anything. And then there was a couple of you that went crowded. No, 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 no. I want you to finish this statement, church, like you mean it, like you believe it, like you're about to hop in the trenches and go to battle with us. Red Rocks Church, we exist to make heaven more more crowded. That's it. And God asked me, he said, in what part of that statement do you see the word buildings? I was like, huh? It's not in there. Red Rocks church. Our mission was never to get people in buildings. Our mission is to reach lost people and disciple up believers and to make heaven more crowded. And it has nothing to do with buildings. Buildings are a means to an end since the buildings got taken away, we have been able to disciple hundreds of thousands of people. The mission is still happening. And get this, I texted the one and only J.B. Powell this week. I said, J.B., how many people have put their faith in Jesus for the first time since we lost our buildings? He texted me back. He said, you ready for this? Church, you ready for this? Since we lost the buildings, 1,855 people have put their faith in Jesus for the very first time. We don't need buildings to be on mission. We've never been more on mission than we are right now. Somebody in a living room say amen. Somebody in a chat room, throw some clap hands out there. Somebody say amen. That's worth celebrating about church. We don't need buildings to be on mission. We are the church and we're on mission. And today, at any time during this service, if you'd like to respond to what God might be doing in your life, you can text Red Rocks to the number on your screen right now. If you decide to put your faith in Jesus today, which I believe some of you are, if you decide to give, which church we've never had, a better opportunity to be the church than we do right now, if you wanna know exactly where the money's being being sent right now to, to work with this COVID virus, Watch the last three weeks. I got way into it, but know this, we're gonna help seven hospitals this week and countless employees on the front line fighting this virus. And we're gonna feed thousands of people this week. So all I ask is that you ask God, God, based on what you've given me and my family, what's our part? And then do that. And we're gonna be fine. And we're gonna help more people this week. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you wanna give, or if you have a prayer request, text Red Rocks to the number on your screen at any time during this service, and we're gonna continue being the church. Somebody say, let's go. Let's go. Corey, I know you're back there. Somebody say, let's go. Hey, we're gonna have some fun today. Anybody think, Anybody need a shot of adrenaline? Anybody need a shot of joy today in their life? If that's you, put your hand up in a living room. Give me this emoji The guy and the girl one. Give me this emoji if you're in a chat room and you say, you know what? I could use a shot of joy in my life today. In fact, church, I was getting ready to get dressed today and I looked in my closet and this hoodie screamed joy. And so I put it on. Shout out to Transformation Church, Pastor Mike, Pastor Will. Thank you for the church merch. Guys, here's what I've been hearing a whole lot. And I bet you have too. And I bet you've been feeling it. Here's what we've been saying when things go back to normal, then I'm going to be okay. That's what it sounds like. When we go back to school, then when we go back to work, then now I got to find another job. But when I do, then when the economy flips around, when my money comes back to normal, when my when I can, when we then, and it's almost like we're not saying it, but we're feeling it somewhere in the back of our mind. We've got this nagging, this nagging suspicion that everything needs to get back to normal before I can start experiencing joy. And I think as we get into the Word of God today, we're going to be reminded that is not the case, that this is the day that the Lord has made. We get to choose to rejoice in it. We get to experience the joy of our salvation in the right here and right now before anything goes back to normal. So that's where we're going with today's talk. We're going to have some fun. Any of you tired of being in a house yet. You going stir crazy? Man, we're going stir crazy. I love it. There's some things that I love about this season. Um, I've loved all the family time. And my family would actually tell you they've loved most of the family time, but I can tell, especially the boys, they're going stir crazy, right? They, they, we were getting ready to have dinner the other night this week. And, and we, we have two teenage boys and one 11-year-old. And, and one of the teenage boys comes downstairs and he looks at the other one and he goes, Hey! You went in my room and you took my last pair of underwear. I know you did. Take your pants off. The other one's like, hey, you're wearing my shirt. Well, those are my shorts. He goes, well, so you're, that's my shirt. Get my shirt off. Get my underwear off. He takes his shirt off at the dinner table, throws it across the table, hits him in the face. He goes, you're an idiot. Keep your shirt. He goes, oh yeah, you're an idiot. And they, I thought they were going to throw down. And Jill's looking at me like, aren't you going to do something? And I look back at her like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm bored to death. I'm looking for some encouragement here. I like this. I want a little entertainment. We're going stir crazy. Anybody going stir crazy at home? Kids are about to fight. I'm starting to encourage it. Just for entertainment value. Everything has changed, hasn't it? School's changed. I told you day one, I went in the kitchen and saw my son Ashton doing jumping jacks in the kitchen with a sleeve of Oreos next to the laptop. Like school looks completely different. He was watching TV yesterday, two days ago, by like 10.30 a.m. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, school's over. You're 11. You need more education than stopping at 10.30 a.m. He's done. I don't know what they're doing. Work's different, isn't it? We meet differently with the people we work with. In fact, once a month, we usually have an all staff meeting and we have it in this building right here. And I usually sit on the edge of the stage right here and I talk to the crew and I get to share my heart and we talk about how lucky we are to get to do what we do for a living. And and I love our all staff meetings. They look different. This was this week's all staff meeting. That's what it looked like. And you know this because that's what all your meetings look like. And I like to start the meetings by scrolling through the screens. And I just kind of make fun of the staff members one at a time. And Jill yells at me and tells me to stop. She's like, you're going to give him a complex. I'm like, babe, look what he's wearing. He deserves it. You know what I mean? Everything's different. Our campus pastor meetings are different. Often I'll meet with the campus pastors here in the Denver area, and we'll go across the courtyard here and go into my office and meet, but that's different. And so this was our last campus pastor meeting for the Denver based locations. Go and put that up. Yeah, I wish that was staged and I wish I could tell you that that did not actually happen. That was not staged and it did happen. And yes, Jordan wore some sort of leopard outfit to the to the campus pastor meeting. Some of you, especially those of you at the Arvada campus lately, you've been like, I wonder how our pastors doing. That's how your pastor's doing. Your pastor could use some prayer. Pray for the staff, church. Date nights look different, don't they? Me and BZ and Brian Austin and our amazing wives. We were going to go on a triple date recently during this quarantine season. And we put the entertainment of the evening in in Brian Austin's hands because he is an entertainer. And so last minute he was like, all right, everybody's got to dress up as a famous couple that intrigues you right now. I'm like, Brian, the stores are closed. He goes, get creative. So me and Jill started thinking like, who? who's a famous couple that just intrigues us right now. And truth is on a polygraph test, I'd have to tell you, I actually want to go to dinner with them. It's obviously the Bieber's that's right. Justin and Haley. And so me and Jill went through our closets and we tried to figure out the best we could do. And so here's, here's what we came up with that night for date night. Obviously had the kids go out in the street and take a walking photo of us to remember the evening. And then here's a picture of the three couples on the date night, BZ and Kelly are the Kennedys. <laughs> Obviously, the Austins are Joe, Joe Dirt and his girlfriend, and me and Jill are the Biebers. And that's one of the founders of the church, the lead pastor of the church, and one of the heads of the financial board. So just so you know, that's who's running the show. So you ought to think about, do I really want to hitch my wagon to that train? Welcome to Red Rocks Church. Everything's different, isn't it? I'm gonna tell you what's not different, church. Your calling has not changed. Your purpose has not changed. Your ability to walk through this world day by day, even in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, has not changed. A lot of things have changed. School and work and dating and everything else has changed. Your calling hasn't changed. Your purpose hasn't changed. And your ability to walk with joy right now, even when you don't know what's coming next week, hasn't changed. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that in all things, leave that up for a second. You know what falls under all things? They shut my school down. They shut my office down. I lost my job. I might lose my job. My, financial, my financials don't look the same. My investments are different. Our plans are different. What we thought we were going to do next is now in jeopardy. Our, our perceived stability is different. All that stuff falls under all things. A worldwide pandemic that's got all of us at home right now, it all falls under the category of all things. In all things, God works for the good. Your God, the creator of the universe, is working on your behalf right now. Even when you can't see it, when you can't smell it, when you can't feel it, when you don't understand it, you just need to know his word trumps my feelings because I stay at home and my emotions go crazy and I think he's not paying attention. His word trumps all my emotions and all my thoughts and all my feelings and yours too. And your God is working even if you can't see it right now. And he's working for the good of those who love him. Listen, who have been called according to his purpose. We're in the all things. And it feels like the whole thing, like a snow globe, got flipped upside down. And we don't know what's going to happen next. It falls under the category of all things and everything feels like it's changed. But what hasn't changed is you still have a calling and you still have a purpose and you can still live with joy in the here and now. In fact, we put that next slide up. This is what I think we're going to learn from the Apostle Paul today. Church, when we walk in our calling, in our purpose, we walk with God's joy and it doesn't matter what's going on. When we walk in our calling and in our purpose, We walk with God's joy, and it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic or not. It doesn't matter if we have stay-at-home orders or not. It doesn't matter if my job looks good right now or not. I can walk in my calling if I choose, in my purpose, and when I do, I walk with his joy in my life. That's a byproduct, and we don't have to wait till things go back to normal to live this way. And that's what I wanna encourage you with today. The Apostle Paul, he is... Where where, where we're going to catch up with him today is he's in house arrest. And I thought, man, he's the perfect person to look at because that's what I've been calling what we're in. I know that's not politically correct, but that's what I call it at my house. I'm like, we're still in house arrest. Except for Paul's house arrest was two years. And when we say house arrest, we picture our houses. No, what, what, what he was in house arrest. It would be to us like worst case scenario. Like start thinking like little cave type structure, one room structure, chained to a Roman soldier, 24 hours a day, not allowed to leave, stuck there for two years. And he knows that he's on his way to be executed and he has to pay rent. Because they call it technically house arrest. Well, you got to pay rent. And if you can't pay rent, then I guess you're out of here quicker, which means execution comes quicker. So you're going to notice in Philippians, he says, thank you for partnering with me. This church in Philippi was actually sending him money so he could pay the rent for his prison cell. It's crazy. So talk about financial struggles. But Paul in house arrest writes this letter to a church that he started in Philippi And theologians have studied this thing for nearly 2000 years now, and they say the same thing. If you had to choose one word to describe the whole writing, it is without a doubt joy. And just knowing that ought to make every single one of us go, huh? Because we know what it feels like when your plans aren't working out and when things aren't going the way you thought they were. And when everything feels upside down and when everything changes and then you get locked down at home at the same time and and he writes a letter and the whole thing's about joy. And we're going to read the first six verses of his letter today. But before we do, I want you to understand that being in house arrest and having to pay for it, that wasn't his only problem. His whole world was getting flipped upside down listen to this. He tells his friends in Corinth. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And, and as I'm reading this, here's what I picture. I picture Clark W. Griswold right after he found out that he got enrolled in the jelly of the month club. And he's just like losing his ever loving mind as he's just saying stuff, right? That's how I picture Paul. He says, are they servants of Christ? He says, am I out of my mind to talk like this? Did someone enroll me in the jelly of the month club? He said, I'm more, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews, the 40 lashes minus one. That's what they did to Jesus right before they took him to the cross. They flogged him and people would die at the whipping post. Three times I was beaten with rods. They would literally beat you with rods up and down your entire body, breaking bones oftentimes and leaving you with scars that you would have for the rest of your life. Three times that happened. Once I was pelted with stones. Acts talks about one day they threw rocks at the Apostle Paul until they thought he was dead and drug him out of town and left him there because they thought they killed him. Imagine, just imagine that for a second. That's just one thing that happened. Once I was pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews. Danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled. I've gone without sleep. I know hunger and thirst. I've gone often gone without food. I've been cold and naked and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all these churches. He goes, who is weak? And do I not do I? who is weak? And I do not feel weak. You know and he's saying there, he's saying, you think your life sucks? Try being me. And the reason I wanted to take the time to read this part of his resume is because when I read it this week, you know what it helped me do? It helped me to stop making excuses about my situation because I needed to learn what God wants to teach us today from Philippians one through six chapter one. But, but here's what we oftentimes do. We go, oh, that sounds good, but you don't know what I've been through. Oh, I bet that's good for a lot of people, but You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what's happening to me. So don't talk to me about joy. In fact, some of you have already started thinking that don't start telling me biblical principles on joy because you don't know what I've been through. I don't. My guess is it doesn't compare to what Paul's been through. And I think the reason he shares this with us is because some of us, if you're like me, man, I can make excuses and I can throw pity parties for myself on a professional level. And I think it's Paul going, let me help you step away from your excuses for a minute and understand that, yes, your life is tough and my life was tough and we all go through different things, but God's principles are true. You still have a calling. You still have a purpose and you can still have joy today. And let me show you how you're not exempt, right? That's what I think this does. It helps us not exempt ourselves from what God wants to teach us. One of these days, that's what we're living with right now. One of these days, when things go back to normal, then I'll, then I'll have joy and then I'll have peace. And when I get out of my house, I'll have some more confidence, right? And I'll live life to the fullest and all that good church talk. When things go back to normal and Paul's like, you don't have to wait. Here it is. Philippians one, one through six. I want you to imagine just for a second receiving this letter. You're a friend of the Apostle Paul. In fact, he started the church that you're meeting in, probably in a home right now. And someone's going to read this letter to us in our church home. And we know everything Paul's been through. And we know that most people wouldn't even want to say the word Jesus after everything he's been through because we would just be so tempted to blame God for everything. But not Paul. He has stayed the course and he always seems to make the right decision and he always seems to brag on God no matter what. And now I'm going to get this letter and I haven't heard from him for a while, but I know he's in prison. Our friend Paul, listen to what he says. Hey guys, what's up? Paul and Timothy here. Servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. He says, I want you to know, I know all you guys who are there here in this letter, grace and peace to you from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I want you guys to know I'm praying for you. I always do. I always pray with joy. There's that word. I'm just, I'm just so joyful when I think about you. and I'm so joyful when I'm praying for you because of your partnership in the gospel. That's when you sent me money and helped me pay rent on my prison cell from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He starts. I I know you guys are struggling and I know you're going through some hard things and I know you've got some doubts on your mind. So I want you to know I care about you and I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you because I want to lift your spirits. I want to remind you that your God is good and your God is working. Imagine getting this letter like what? Bro, complain about your situation. You have every right. But what's he talk about? Just in the greeting. God's grace I'm so thankful God's peace, God's joy. I've been praying God's working. God is good. My letter would not sound like this if I've been through everything he's been through. And I bet yours wouldn't either. And so I started asking myself this week, how in the world does he do this? God, you put this in here for a reason so that we could learn how to live today through really crazy times. What are we supposed to take from this? How can the apostle Paul have so much joy in the middle of so much chaos? Man, and I just felt like God just started like highlighting things for me. And like, I feel like we could spend so much time just on these first six verses. So in the few minutes I have left, I'm only going to talk about the first verse. Paul and Timothy... Servants of Christ Jesus. He says, guys, let me remind you, you know what I've been through. You know how hard it's been you know what I'm up against. But let me tell you where my focus is. My focus isn't about what I've been through. My focus isn't on what I'm going through. My focus isn't on what's going to happen next week that I can't control. My focus is on this. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, and I'm about His business. And I'm about His business on the good days and on the bad days. I'm about His business when I think I understand what's going to happen next week, and when I know I don't have a clue what's going to happen next. I'm about His business when my bank is full. I'm about His business when I don't have an account to put anything in. I'm just about his business. And because I'm focusing on the fact that I serve Jesus and I'm about his business, I can walk with joy no matter what's going on around me. Somebody say amen in a chat room. Somebody say amen at home. That's a promise to every single one of us. Well, what's his business? What's the business of Jesus that the apostle Paul is talking about? He says, I'm about his business. I'm his servant. I'm his man. Well, we know what that is because it's the very last thing Jesus said. He was crucified where he paid the price for our sins so that we could ask for forgiveness today and receive it and receive eternal life. And then on the third day, he comes back to life to prove he was the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. And then he hangs out for 40 days and then appears to over 500 eyewitnesses. And right as he's about to ascend back up into heaven, he says, let me remind you, because there's going to be a day when things are going to feel crazy and you're not going to know what's next. Let me remind you what you stay focused on. I want you to stay focused on being about my business, because it'll allow you to live with purpose and calling and joy in the middle of chaos. He said, here's what it looks like to be about my business. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And here it is going to talk about your calling. It's going to talk about your purpose. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here's what Paul is starting to realize and what we're learning from his life. Regardless of my situation, if I choose, I can focus on his call for my life, his purpose for my life, receive his joy in my life. And I can walk day by day, step by step in joy, no matter what I'm going through, because I just chose to be about his business today. I'm not in the worrying business today. We can choose this. I'm not in the worrying business today. I'm in the Jesus business today. I'm going to be about his work today. I'll let the worrying take care of itself. Today's got enough worries for itself, right? That's what Matthew says. I don't have time, energy, efforts, and it isn't going to do me any good to keep worrying about tomorrow. So today, what's my purpose today? What's my calling? Well, we know what it is. Go reach lost people. Go disciple up some believers and go make heaven more crowded. Jesus said, you want to be about my business? Put your focus there. It'll change your joy level as you walk through everything else in this world. Go reach some lost people. Go disciple up some believers and go make heaven more crowded and watch what happens. That's why I started this talk with reminding you, church, we've never been more on mission than we are right now. And we don't need buildings to do that. What's Paul saying? I wish I could be with you. I want so badly to be with you. I miss you. But I can't be with you in person. But he says, I got a pen. I got some papyrus. I got the Holy Spirit. So I'm armed and dangerous. And I can go shake the kingdom of hell. I can go rattle it. I can go build the kingdom of God. I got a pen. I got some papyrus. I got the Holy Spirit. I'm stuck in this house, but I can still be on purpose. I can still be on calling. I can still live with his joy. So I'm going to reach out to some lost people through a pen. I'm going to disciple some believers with a pen. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to tell me who to send it to, to open up some doors. And I'm going to walk in purpose and in calling while I'm on house arrest. And that, I believe, is the first key to how he lives in house arrest with crazy joy. That's what I'm calling today's talk. Crazy joy It doesn't even make sense. And I'm telling you, church, right in this second, we can't go be with the people we're called to in person, can we? But you got one of these. Oh, what Paul would have done for one of these. You got one of these. He had a pen and papyrus. We got a phone. I can text. I can call. I can FaceTime. I can Zoom. I can reach lost people. I can build up believers. I can encourage somebody who needs it. Put put up that slide. There's four things I noticed that Paul was doing in his letter. Here's what he was showing them through the power of the pen and the Holy Spirit. I'm stuck in a house, but because I'm choosing to be on purpose in this house, here's what you know. I'm concerned for you. I'm praying for you. Start to read through Philippians over and over again. He shares his story with them. Here's what I'm going through. Here's what God's doing. Because of my chains, I'm reaching lost people. Because of my chains, I'm building up believers. That's what he says in chapter one. Yeah, I'm stuck and I'm chained. But my chains, I'm not going to focus on them being a prison. I'm going to remind myself, even these chains can be tied to my purpose. And because of these chains, I'm going to keep reaching lost people. Because of these chains, I'm going to keep building up believers. I'm on mission while I'm under house arrest. And I'm telling you, church, we can do the exact same thing. We could change the world if we wanted to this week with one of these right here. Would you put up that next slide for me? Take a screenshot of this if you can, no matter where you're at. And if you're listening, I'm going to read them to you here in a second. I think these four things right here give us everything we need. We got a phone, a laptop, the Holy Spirit and call somebody, text somebody with these four things on your mind, and I believe God will start doing miracles. And all of a sudden, you're gonna blink and go, I never knew what kind of purpose I had while I was locked up in a house. I never knew what kind of life-altering mission I could be a part of while I was locked up in a house. I didn't know I could experience this kind of joy with my God, because I've been locked up in a house. Go ahead and put those back up for me. Sorry, I got to chatting. Hey, hey. What's up, bro? How are you? How can I pray for you? Here's my story. Here's my church. Take a screenshot. How are you? How can I pray for you? Here's my story. Here's my church. You can take it down. Just like Paul, I can't be with you, but I can reach out to you because I'm called to you because I'm on mission because I'm about his business. And I want you to know I'm concerned for you. There's so much power in just reaching out to somebody and saying, I care. I can tell you right now, because I was one of those lost people that people were trying to reach out to. I don't care what you know until I know that you care. Don't tell me what you know and what you don't know. You know what I need to know first? Do you actually care about me? Call them up. How you doing? How can I help? How can I serve? I care. How can I pray? I had people ask me when I lived in Hollywood and I was far from God and making bad decisions on a professional level, and I would make fun of Christians. But when one of them would say hey, anything I could pray for you about, I'd be like, yeah, I'll tell you what I do actually got a list. Everybody wants it. How can I help? How can I pray? Right. What's up? What's up with your life? How are you doing? How can I pray for you? And then I'm telling you, one of the most powerful things we could ever share in the world is our story. Revelation 12, 11 says, two things defeat the power of Satan, the blood that Jesus shed for us on the cross and the power of our testimony. Share your story. If, if you're talking to someone who needs Jesus, go, I know what it was like because I used to need Jesus before salvation. And here's how I felt. And here's how screwed up I was. And here was what I doubted. and Here's how I didn't think I'd applied to me and the whole thing. But I tell you what, It did, and here's how God's changed my life. Man, it'll encourage them. Reach out to a believer this week and go, I know what it feels like to hurt. I know what it feels like to be scared. I know what it feels like. Boom, boom, boom. But I'm gonna tell you what God's been speaking to me. I'm gonna tell you what God's done in my life. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm gonna tell you what God's done for me. Here's my story. And lastly, Paul says, I'm gonna point you to God and we can do the same thing. I'm telling you, we got so much power right here in this thing. We can point people to God. Just say, here's my church. I don't have all the answers. My church doesn't have all the answers. But God's word promised us that when we gather together buildings or no buildings, when two or three of us get together and he's our focus, his presence is with us in a very unique and special way. And I'm telling you, his presence changes lives in the here and now, just like it did back then. And we have the power to invite somebody to experience his presence right here. The things we could do with, we change the world with this phone. Would you take this message and forward it? Take messages that speak to your heart and forward it. Repost on social media, repost on Facebook, whatever platform you use, start to share it. Listen to this just in two months, 1,850 people are now going to heaven because somebody invited them to a virtual church service. Come on, somebody. How are you doing? How can I pray? Here's my story. And here's my church and watch what God will do. I'm telling you, Red Rocks, enough is enough. We got to stop with this mentality of when everything goes back to normal, then I'll get back to life. I believe our heavenly father wants to challenge us today. I want you to live a full life right here, right now, because I'll tell you what hasn't changed. You still got a calling and you've still got a purpose and you can still walk with joy. And here's the final challenge I have for you. What if this week, just this week, you and I prayed differently? What if this week the prayer wasn't like, let, let, let's pray for us again next week. Okay, just this week. What if the prayer wasn't God fix it? God fix my job. God fix my school. God fix my relationship. God fix the problem. God do this. God bring it back. God. Re-. What if the prayer this week was no God show me the purpose in it. Give me a name. I'll call. Give me a face. I'll reach out to somebody who's lost. I'll share my story. I'll reach out to another believer and I'll encourage him. I'll share my story. You give me a name. You give me a face, not God. Get me through it miraculously. But how about this week? God, show me the purpose while I'm in it because we can have purpose and be on mission right now where we're at. And when we choose to live this way, church, we live and walk with his supernatural joy. Every single step of the way. Somebody in a chat room say amen. Somebody in a living room say amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you that your presence is with us at every single one of these thousands of locations all around the world. I thank you that you had us tune into this for a reason. I thank you that your presence is real and here with us. I thank you that your son died for us. And I thank you that we get to live with your spirit today and walk in your fullness today, be about your mission today and experience your joy today. I thank you, God. With everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions and I want to give you a chance to respond to what God might be doing in your heart right now. The first question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you didn't even know why you were tuning into this thing but now you know, you can feel it in your heart. That's God drawing you lovingly into a relationship with him. And you just know it like, this is my moment. I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm not going to be perfect. I don't even know how this is going to turn out, but to the best of my ability, I want to try to follow you. You just know, like, this is my moment. I need his spirit to be living inside of me. I want heaven forever. God, would you forgive me of my sins? I want to follow you. I want heaven forever. If that's you and you know it, this is my time. Right now, wherever you're at, raise your hand. If you're on a platform that allows you to, click the button right underneath this video that says, raise a hand. We're gonna send you some free resources. We wanna help you begin this journey, but I'm telling you, this is the best decision you've ever made. Your life's gonna begin changing in the here and now and your eternity, oh, come on, never be the same. The second question is this. You'd be courageous enough to say, God, give me a purpose today. I'm not gonna pray, God, fix everything for me today. No, God, give me a purpose today. God, give me a name today. God, show me a face today that I could reach out to while I'm stuck at home. Raise your hand. God, I wanna be about your work today. I'm willing. Give me a name and then give me the courage and I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna ask how you're doing and I'm gonna ask how I can pray for you and I'm gonna share my story and I'm gonna share my church. God, I thank you that you're moving right now in our hearts and our minds. I pray, God, that a sense of joy would just start to be in every single room where this message is being played right now. I pray that a sense of joy start to rise up on the inside of every single one of us. As we're reminded, we don't have to know what's going to happen next week to know that our God is going with us, to know that we're still called today. We're still on mission today. We still have a purpose today and we get to walk with your joy today in Jesus name. And everybody at every location said, amen. Come on church. Hey, if you're in a living room, Would you stand up with us? If you're watching online, would you stand up? On Facebook, would you stand up? Whatever platform, would you stand up? And let's worship our God together. I love you, church.